What up out there? You are now listening to the Role Models Podcast. If you are hearing that fresh, fresh new intro, that's from your boy, Dark Salt, from the Salt Happens Podcast. He is an amazing producer, um, but he ain't here right now. This is your boy, the Mighty Shields, a.k.a. Monkey Boy Shields. Um, find me on Instagram with, under the same names. Uh, and then I'm here with the crystal clear new laptop acquired Derek the kid say what up to the people out there what's going on ladies and gentlemen uh yeah as Mike said I just got a new laptop and if you're hearing my voice I'm sounding like Barry White so but But yeah, uh, you can catch me on Instagram and Twitter at uh, Jess Derrick, D3RRICK. That's Jess.Derrick. Uh, and yeah, so I mean, what's, what's good, man? What's, what's been going on with you? Uh, man, you know how it is, man. We've just been playing games, trying to get this stuff off the ground, man. We're trying to lay down this foundation, this groundwork to really make a like pave a way for you know, the salt happens and the role models. And and just to be clear, role models is a, a branch of the salt happens. So salt happens is like the table and we one of the entrees, baby. We out here. Some people like Chinese. Some people like chicken. We tend to like chicken and Chinese. So <laughs> <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, I, I do want to address the lack of a podcast last week. There were a little bit of timing issues that we had, uh, because I was um, mainly on my end, I was doing stuff with the family, just trying to, you know, be there and, you know, make sure that we were spending that time that we need to spend together. And um, I addressed that with, you know, the other members of the group that that's going to happen more often than not. Not that we're going to miss out, miss out on content, it's just that I need to reevaluate. I need to be a better management of my time. Um, he was he was to cut it short he's uh he's playing pops and husband as well as whipping boy on the side so yeah (laughs) yeah i am the one uh, i'm the person of the group that like kind of when people come to your let's say you're working at a store and people receive some service that they didn't necessarily like and they want to speak to the manager i'm the manager and so <laughs> I've been, you know, trying to create tasks and trying to get, you know, stuff done on the back end just to make sure things run smoother. And it's been taking a toll on, you know, myself and, you know, kind of, I want to say my relationship a little bit with my wife. So I don't want no kind of windy smoke. So I'm going to clean that shit up. So yeah. Wendy's <laughs> a scary woman. Um, yeah. She's a strong she- and scary woman and she's a beautiful woman so let's not get that mistaken uh (laughs) but you know i just but just to go back to you know what i've been doing this past week man just been playing games i've been playing smash i got my stream together so um what next time you see me stream i'll have overlays and you know starting soon templates and stuff like that it's all going to be like centered around persona 5 theme because i love that game uh and, you know, that's pretty much it for me, just playing Smash, spreading around that salt with the, the new hero character in Smash. So what you been up to, Derek? Man, uh, other than odd jobs, I've just been doing everything. I went to go see that Hobbs and Shaw. 
highly recommend that everybody go out and see that. That is the dopest movie. Idris Elba could be a villain in almost any movie and Rocket. Um, uh, yeah, uh, with Mike talking about his personal relationship and thing like that with his wife. Um, I just recently got into a relationship. So yeah, that's, that's still coming off the ground. Uh, other than that, I've just been being dad and working every day and going to the gym. Speaking of which, I lost six pounds since the last nice. time. Yes. So I'm, I'm starting to make it up in ma uh, muscle mass. On top of that, I went out and got another tattoo. Um, from and it was a quote from Spider-Man: "Far from Home." Um, Uneasy lies the head that wears the crown. That saying kind of sticks with me. I don't know why, but it does. So yeah. So and one thing I wanted to get into in our Spider-Man spoiler class cast, but we didn't. Uh, what would you rank that Spider-Man in regards to like all the Spider-Man movies? Shit, because uh, I mean, I like how they brought it in. I would say this would be number one, and then Ooh, I hold on, hold on, hold on, I know, I know, I know, I know. I would say this one is number one, but ultimately, the first Tobey Maguire Spider-Man would be a close second. Okay, I, <laughs> I think the overall. Best Spider-Man movie is Into the Spider-Verse. Okay, okay, I can, <laughs> I can see your point in that one because that is kind of dope. I, I can that see that movie has so much love for Spider-Man, and and I think it breaks the mold of we don't have to tell the Uncle Ben story every time. And I know oh, that home, no. I know that uh, Homecoming and Far From Home did that as well. But it's just like, man, you, they found a way to incorporate every Spider-Man. And, like, there's little shit in there. I've watched that movie three, maybe four times uh, with my son and my wife. And I'm, every time I'm seeing, like, new little, like, like little nuanced stuff that, they, like, only Spider-Man people would get. But Man, so I'm just going to say this much. When they, when they finally bring in Venom into that movie, it is on. I don't care what anybody says. Venom, like as far as comic book villains are concerned, Venom, uh, because he's fucking Venom, and Doctor Doom, and the Joker. Yeah, I'm looking for I'm looking for Doctor Doom, man. I can't wait till we get out here. That oh, God. sassy bitch. Um. <laughs> I hope that they choose the right person to cast as Dr. Doom because mm -hmm. that's the huge importance. Like me personally, I wouldn't mind seeing Luke Evans as Dr. Doom. You know, it's going to be Tom Hardy. Why are you playing? <sighs> no, no. <'cause> <laughs> <laughs> I don't see him doing it. He's already Venom. You can't bring him in as another villain. Like, I think he's the easy way out man and not saying that he will that was a joke obviously but they're gonna get an actor like in that realm of like he's just been doing a bunch of shit and so here's here he is here's dr Doom. yes and when he i'm pretty sure when they introduce him i'm gonna nerd out like i always do 
and I'm going to feel those goosebumps. And that's the feeling that I like when they introduce, say, a new character. Like when they introduce Black Panther, yes. When they introduce the new Spider-Man, indefinitely. And then during Endgame, when they brought everybody together and they finally got Cap to say, Avengers Assemble. Yeah. I'm telling you, goosebumps. Straight you know down. who they're gonna get to be Doctor Doom? It's a uh, Mads Mads Mickelson is who they're probably gonna get. Oh no! I mean, I've I've heard some talk about mm-hmm. how they want to introduce him. Um, so you remember in uh, Ant Man and the Wasp, right? Where they yeah. were talking about, oh, you see this city in the quantum realm, uh, realm and things like that. They're saying that they're gonna introduce him in that aspect, like they were hanging out with Hank Pym. And they got trapped in the negative zone, a new zone that nobody knows about, but they were trapped in the negative zone. They never aged. And then like Ant-Man, they accidentally, or somebody's going to accidentally release them or they find their way out. And then the next, you know, that's how the story is going to pick up. They're going to just be brought into the modern time. I don't know. I don't know. Cause I don't think that's feasible. Uh, I don't feel it. And then uh, how how they want to introduce Blade, that's an interesting concept. Like, are they going to do it? I think introducing Blade into the MCU proper is going to be amazing. Because then, it's good, cause then you get Morbius for Spider-Man, and then you get, like, the vampires, and you have to deal with that, that, that conflict of, like, which takes more precedent like worldly issues are the you know the constant struggle of vampires existed in your world well that's true that is very true but here's and the question Doctor strange and blade crossed over a lot but like i said i'm just worried about you know the implications of getting more spider-man villains well and and that's the thing too like the the third spider-man movie that they're supposedly working on here in the near future um, they said this is Tom Holland's last well his contract's up after the third one so the question is is he going to renegotiate do three more movies or is he going to do like everybody's hoping that he does sign up for six or more movies with the MCU and give us a Spider-Man transition from high school to college from college to being an adult and we get J. Jonah Jameson like how like are we gonna get Jonah Jameson Jr. or are we gonna get you know somebody else or some alternative universe where J. Jonah Jameson is like some young cat? So I I don't know, man. I I just I just like the fact that we're going to get that damn blade in here. But, but we'll talk about Blade a little bit later. I think we got a little bit to get into that and how Wesley Snipes a bitch. But hey, uh, <laughs> something that's been something that's been in the news that's been bugging me all week. Um, and this isn't a sports podcast per se, as much as I would want it to be. But I think it's still something that needs to be brought up because this is the Dad Podcast. And uh, there was a there was a clip on. Uh, I don't know where it was posted, but I just know they were talking about it on ESPN uh, pretty much all week of LeBron James, like, going off and celebrating 
when his son got a dunk at his basketball game and then like they showed him in like in the layup line and you know doing dunks with the you know with the little high school kids i think it's pre-high school because i don't think his son i don't think Bronny jr's in high school just yet but actually mm-hmm. he maybe just started because uh he's probably a freshman now um but it what bugs me about this is that now as opposed to judging him off of his basketball it's now they will go so far to villainize him because he's a positive you know black figurehead and you know out there in that celebrity space that you find any way to villainize him which would be he's celebrating his son too much okay i'm sorry but he's celebrating, and I'm using air quotes, his son too much. My thing about it is this. They sit there and they paint black fathers in the media like deadbeats, like, oh, your black dad's never there. Your Your dad goes to the store and never comes back. Like, you don't see that narrative when it comes to, and, and I'm not, I'm not using this as a color thing, but you never see that narrative when it comes to like these white parents. It's the same thing across. If a black dad does it, a white dad can do the same thing, but it's more where black dads are villainized or seen as deadbeats because of the fact that they disappear, they leave. Here you have a father who's out there and he's like, you know what? My son just dunked. Like, this is the best moment. I'm seeing my son be great at a sport that I'm good at, but he's doing it at a young age and I love it. And I want to show him that I'm here, that I'm supporting him and things along those lines. That's positive reinforcement for a child to do better. Whereas if you sit there and say he doesn't show up, well, where where was LeBron James while his son was playing his basketball game? Oh, was this a positive role model that you have? They would find some narrative or some way to flip the narrative to where LeBron James was a villain. Whereas now, LeBron James is sitting up there and he's like, you know what? I'm going to cheer my son on. Y'all can do whatever y'all want for the people who feel like he's cheering him on too much. Again, air quotes. I mean, what do y'all want? What, what is it that you want? Do you want us, do you want him to be seen and not heard? Or do you want him to be heard and not seen? Like, that's the thing about it. How would you feel if you were in that position or if you were in that type of spotlight? Like, right. And I think, you've made a lot of good points. Like too many times have we heard the stories of the father not being there, especially, especially with athletes. And that goes across any race, but it's like too many times have we heard about our, our like fathers not being there for their kid and people growing up without a, you know, without a fire figure in their life and them turning into, you know, this and that, you know, and it's just like, so now we can't even be there to support our kids without being judged. And it's like, think about it in this perspective. LeBron James' son got his, I want to say one of his first couple of dunks in that game as a, as a freshman, as a high school freshman. And it was an impressive dunk. It was an alley-oop. And you don't, come, you don't cheer that on. And it's just like, my son, when he, when he puts toys back in the toy box, I'm hype. Like I'll go off on that. So if that's the case, now let's let's fast forward that to if Landon is playing basketball or any type of sport, if that's the case, motherfucker, I'm gonna get ejected from every goddamn game because I'm not gonna be cussing people out. I'm gonna be, 
cheer my son on because that's what I'm here for. I'm here to encourage him to do great. And when he does great, he needs to be rewarded for that. And, and it's just like, I want to be there as much as, as for, for my child as much as possible. And if I'm in the limelight and I'm being judged for being there, you know, fuck you. <laughs> and I mean, I, I feel you because my daughter did ballet. Um, I don't know if we're going to continue doing it, but when she did ballet and like when she did her first performance, it was a Christmas uh, recital. Man, you talk about somebody who was grinning ear to ear. I was sitting in, I was sitting up front and then I was like, you know what? I want to get a video of this. I started cheering my daughter on in the back. Far from the yeah. back, but she knew that I was there. She heard me. And it was the same thing when, like, how could I put it? Like, when one of my friend's kids graduated the first grade. I was there for that because that, that child, I was kind of there from when they brought him home to, like, all the way up through to the first grade. I was like, dang. I feel just as much as, as his parent, as his own parents do. I cheered him on. I'm yeah. sitting there calling me and his dad were sitting there calling him out, being like, that's, you did good, great job, everything like that. And you see this little boy's face just shine. And for some kids who don't have their father in the picture, that that smile isn't the same. They may see their mom, but they don't see their dad. And yeah. for a kid to have, say, like a father figure there to cheer them on, that makes a world of difference. Whether it be boy or girl, it makes a load of difference to them. That builds a positive mental reinforcement. Like, I matter in this world, as right. crazy as it may be. And let's keep it a whole goddamn stack. If we, if my son, if if I was at that school and my son's team was playing against LeBron's son's team, and we whooped that ass, I'm gonna be gloating. That's going on my son's resume for the rest of his life. We beat Bronny Jr. at basketball. What else do I have to accomplish? It's like it goes. It works both ways. You so. We're judging him because he's rooting his son on. But what if, you know, it was a rubber band was on the other claw, you know what I mean? Yeah. And and the thing that I find really funny is with you, I could see that happening. Like, aside from putting that on his resume, I could see you running out to the court, picking him up and talking about, that's my son. This is my son. And telling people to back up and go away. And that stuff is hilarious. I do that when my son says a word. So if I'm doing if I'm doing if I'm doing that when he's just saying things like dad dad uh thank you and stuff like that you already know when he drained that bucket bro kick me out the gym cuz you're not going to hear the end of it he can shoot one for 30 I'm like shooters going to shoot So speaking of kids mine just woke up you want to say hi to everybody say hi Hi Tell them what your name is My name is Ryan. Oh, uh, now this is my four-year-old, just like y'all heard Mike's son on the podcast. You might hear her from time to time. Uh, she just woke up from a nap. So, but I mean, it's, it's ridiculous that we get ridiculed. It's damned if you do and damned if you don't. Right. If you're there or if you're not. So I would tell everybody, you know what? 
kick rocks, you know, two scoops. I don't care how you feel about it. I'm here. You're going to hear me. And if you don't hear me, you're going to indefinitely see me. You definitely gonna see me at every goddamn game, at yeah, every practice. Exactly. If it don't matter what you want to do, if you want to play soccer, I don't even know a goddamn thing about soccer. But if you want to be, I'll be there out there getting bit by mosquitoes because that's my son. Exactly, it's it's showing support for your child, regardless of what anybody says. It, as some people would say, it doesn't matter what you do as long as you do right by them. So me doing right, right by my child, I'm gonna be there. I'm going to show them that I love them. I'm going to tell them that I love them every day. Every time that they have a game or a recital, they're going to know that I'm there. If I'm not there, I'm going to try my best to get there. Even if I get the last five minutes of the performance, I know that my child did amazing. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care how people feel about it. My child did amazing. Right. And it's so like people make this shit so complicated and it's really not. Uh, The only thing that's complicated about being a parent is adjusting to them learning things that you've already learned, that you've already experienced. That's the only hard thing. The only thing you really, really got to do is be there, love them to your fullest extent and be able to understand what they're going through that's the only three things that you need to do to be a good parent it's a microphone (laughs) (laughs) she's she's looking at it and she's like what is he talking into but no it's a it's a microphone midget but no now mike just like you how you feel when landon says a word or something like that i'm Pretty sure I'm going to be right behind you when my daughter actually rides her bike. Mm-hmm. We've been having some struggles, but once she starts riding her bike, oh boy, that that is going to be a video event because I'm going to catch it. Because those are like milestones, dude. We, th- those are milestones for us. So we like being able to relive that through our child, man, is that, that's an amazing feeling. But I mean, yeah, that's that's one thing that I'm I'm all about I'm all about the positive reinforcement for the kid, especially I mean my dad, my mom, and everything like that. When I graduated college and everything, it was ridiculous because I heard my mom right. sitting in the background. I heard my dad more than anything else. My pops was like, "There he is. That's that's my son. He graduated. He walked across the stage, right? And that meant the world to me. I mean, I know that my mom was." be there but for my pops even though we had a rocky like relationship that was everything yeah so and the landscape for being a father has changed dramatically and i won't even say from when how i was raised because how i was raised i'm raising my son the same way my dad wasn't like my dad wasn't this hard ass he just wanted me to do right now i wasn't because i was just going to school fucking off but it's just like if I worked, if I were out going to school and actually applying myself and actually getting my grades like I was supposed to then, uh, instead of you know just being defiant, then I think, I, I think I would be seeing my father in a different light. Now, it took me and my dad. It took me older to actually get what he was trying to preach to me, and I see that now with, you know, eyes wide open that he wasn't being like overbearing or he wasn't being to the point where it was like you can't do something. It's like Every action, every action has consequences and you have to make the right decisions. Now I'm be, I, my dad, you know, living through a lot of that stuff and we grew up kind of, and it's just like, you just gotta, 
you got to be smarter and you don't want to live this life. So do things that'll put you in a position to live a better life. He just wanted me to be better than him. And at the time as a child and in the moment, you don't get that because you haven't lived life, bro. You don't know what you're about to get into. And you, sometimes you got to learn those lessons firsthand. But I think being a, even before I was a father, just like looking back, cause red, like hindsight is 2020. You get to see, oh, damn, that shit. My dad told me about that shit. My dad said, hey, don't do that. Hey, stay away from that. Watch out for this. And it's like, it's not him being a hard ass. It's just him caring. I mean, and most guys sit up there and be like, well, I don't need my dad for this. I don't need my dad for that. And things along those lines. But both male and female appreciate the lessons that their fathers teach uh, teach them like for instance my dad gave me a lot of dating advice like when i was young as i got older he was like you know you got to pay attention you got to know what to look for you need to you need to learn how to listen don't just listen but actually active listen understand what a person is saying to you before you respond and i mean it's it's something that's looked down upon now because the kids of this generation i'm not going to say all but some are missing that aspect they're missing the respect that a dad would bring to the table you know respect all people you know respect your elders keep things like that most kids are like you know what screw this old person i don't know you i can i'm gonna just punch you and take whatever i got yeah and and that's that's something that everybody needs like a crash course on like you need to understand if you respect one person you gain respect from that person and then you may gain respect from other people along the lines you need to learn that in order to make it in the world and i'm not saying that moms can't bring that to the table but it's something about a dad's perspective that male perspective that puts everything completely together because you're getting the best of both worlds you're getting it from your mom but you're also getting it from your dad your dad may have experienced something that your mom hasn't and he may have and he may be able to give you some type of insight on it and that's just how it is that's how it's always been so i mean overall being a black father supporting your child should never be looked down upon because like I said in the beginning, the narrative had been so flipped to where, oh, black dads are deadbeats. Black dads never show love for their children and things along those lines. LeBron did just that. He broke that stereotype of, well, black dads never support their children. Prime example, LeBron James supporting his child. So, I mean, for people who feel like that's inappropriate or he's going overboard. Y'all don't know what y'all want. You're confused and you just want to find some flaw in him that you could just flip to make him a villain. And he's not yeah. giving y'all that. And you're just going to get mad. And he knows you're going to get mad. And that's what he loves about it. I mean, it's not, it's not just, oh, well, I'm just doing it just to make y'all mad. He's doing it because he enjoys his children. He enjoys supporting them. He enjoys showing that love. Yeah. And, you know, not to get too caught up in this, because we got to bring some light to this 
podcast some hype. Um, let's talk about Blade, man. Let's talk about Blade. You know, Marshall Ali taking up the mantle as Blade, the Daywalker himself. What does Wesley Snipes have to say about it? It's all good. It's all good. Like, that that's all he said. It's like, all it wasn't good. Like, no congratulations, no good job, nothing. It's it's all good. Like it's all good. I'm just gonna say this much. I could hear the salt in that comment. Like all the salt. Because this man he said up there, well, Black Panther should have been my movie. No, not the way that you were acting. You acted like a complete diva. Oh, Blade was my movie. Well, I mean, towards the end, nobody really wanted to work. Hence why you never got casted in another Marvel movie. You did three movies. You made your money. You're done. So, I mean, show some type of gratitude or some show show of, you know, congrats to, you know, a black main character. I mean, we got Falcon. We've got Shiri. We've got Black Panther. But, I mean... Those are two movies. Falcon yeah. was a sidekick. Black Panther was a main role. That was the only all-black casted movie other than uh, Martin Freeman and uh, Claw. Everybody else was black. Yeah. So and I just find Just humans. to go into a little bit deeper, his tweet says, to all the daywalkers losing their minds right now, chill out. Though the news comes as a surprise, it's all good. Such is business. Such is the business of entertainment and much peace to the MCU. Such is business, bitch, you old as dirt. And, and that's true. Like, he's, he should, he's done. You're, you're never going to be Blade again. I mean, you can sit there, you can pout in the corner, you can cry, you can take your black trench coat, dab your eyes, whatever. But you're not going to be Blade anymore. You and have a like, moment in the sunlight. He tried to pander at the very end, like, oh, I'm always showing support. You know, don't worry. Don't fret. This is not the end of the story. It's like, bruh, it's, it's the end of your story. Yeah, it is. They're going to reboot this anyway because they have to make it fit into the, the MCU proper. And I just think what you don't tarnish what you have. And I don't, and I don't think this is like, and in my mind, I'm, when I'm complaining about, you know, this, I'm trying to think and trying to temper myself to think, am I judging him based off of his, what he's doing? Like the people are judging LeBron James about his, about his children and cheering for him. And I stopped thinking that way because no, fuck him. Uh, <laughs> because we <laughs> dug, Can't you be happy? Can't you be happy that another black man is going to take up the mantle that he's they were going to have representation in the MCU proper like we got we got uh Sam Wilson we got uh uh T'Challa um we got Shuri like you said we got uh uh Valkyrie but it's just like really really Blade is us <laughs> all I have to say is this pretty much I'm happy. I'm excited to see how he's going to get brought in. I have a feeling that he's going to be brought in through Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. That is my strong, strong feeling. Um, and 
I just want to see how it's going to play out because I know yeah. Marshala Ali. He is well. He's a two-time what? Two-time Oscar or Grammy? Uh, I, I had to look it up, but we don't we don't work with facts on this podcast, by the way. We really so. don't. <laughs> uh, but no, like he he's 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 up there. He's got accolades. You can't beat that. Yeah. And for the fact that Marvel is bringing in these people who have accolades, you can guarantee, like everybody was, prime example, everybody was like, Tom Holland's not going to be a great Spider-Man. Everybody kept saying Tobey Maguire was the best Spider-Man. Everybody forgot about Andrew Garfield, things along those lines. I did not thought he was the best Spider-Man until Tom Holland. Who, Andrew Garfield? Yeah. Andrew Garfield did do a good job, and I feel like Sony pulled a plug on that, that, movie a little too early but i can understand why they did it well he's a diva that's why that too and him and his girl broke up after the second movie so that doesn't really matter anyways tom holland is out here he just broke a record his solo movie alone without iron man without any of the avengers just with uh, samuel jackson and um Jake Gyllenhaal, a billion dollars worldwide. First Spider-Man movie to cross a billion dollars. Would it be? Would it be? And it's just him. You you can't tell me that that's not amazing. Yeah, man. I think. I think there's some great things ahead for Tom Holland, man, and. Like I was saying, I I really think the incorporation of Blade's villains and how some of those cross over into uh, Spider-Man's universe and how he actually cross over into Spider-Man universe is gonna uh, it's gonna be fun, man. Because we kind of need those kind of buddy cop things. My thing is, and I know this uh, is kind of off topic a little bit, the re implement uh, the re implementation of luke cage because we all know that he can't just come in as luke cage so he's gonna have to come in as power man um but i they haven't had word I, this is just me you know blue sky dreaming but it's just like we need him back too and as good as luke cage was uh on netflix that last uh season left a bad taste in my mouth um i think did. I think Bushmaster was stealing the show for that uh, season two. And I think Cottonmouth stole the season for season one. And I don't think the actor um, that was playing Luke Cage, I think he's a good actor, but I think that the style in which he was written didn't fit. Like he was just stoic black man when really uh, Luke Cage, the one the Luke Cage I grew up on in the comic books was more bombastic, was more, you know, vocal, was more like he slapped Dr. Doom in the face. Oh, you don't get away with that. Like Dr. Doom is one of the biggest baddies out there, but for you to slap talk about you owe me money. <laughs> he was doing the I'll have to find the panel and show you, Derek. That shit is real. <laughs> he was sounding like the count. How many times must you be late with my money? One, two, three, ah, ah, three slaps. Man, yeah, I just think Luke Cage could be handled differently. And then for that, that series to end with him as a villain, fuck out of here. I think the strongest of the Netflix 
uh, was Daredevil, and it's a shame that we were getting him back. But hey, if we got to well, reboot, we got to reboot. Well, the thing about it is, is like somebody was saying that they were in talks. This isn't the end. the The only reason why that stuff dropped the way that it did was because of one of the, I think the execs of the television department. And so they're like, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna try a different approach with that stuff. And I feel like they need to, especially with that with that director. He I guess he sat out there and he was like, you know what? Well, since I can't get my way, I'm gonna just shut it all down. And yeah. that's why everything got pulled was because he couldn't get his way. And to be quite honest, I think to have more of a black representation in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, even in the comic books, is very important, especially on TV, these these Disney kid shows and stuff like that, because kids will see this and they can actually relate and say, that person has the same color as me, so and they're a superhero. I can be a superhero instead of it being the stereotypical, well, there's this white guy who's supposed to be playing this black person Mm-hmm. as a as a hero and nobody could nobody but the opposite color could actually relate to that right so. and i think um and i think we should clarify what at least what i'm gonna clarify what i mean when i mean when i say uh black representation i'm not like to me uh i'm talking about like african-american like black american uh and Black Panther was actually really good for us, but you know that because, and I think this is a bigger topic, but I think in that movie, Killmonger was us. Um, yes, because we have we don't have any access to our background, to our culture, to our ancestors, and so like, and a little spoiler alert, like so if you if you've seen that movie, you see the part where he's in the the spiritual realm after he's consumed the power of the black panther and he's in a house and he's locked into that room because he's closed off from his ancestors now that was due to the fact of we all know the history of black people in this country you know uh and how we got here but they uh i think we need i think ryan coogler did a very good job of kind of uh it, the displaying that visually how a lot of us uh, African Americans feel, as if like so, it's like a situation when you're going when you're in high school where like, and I you probably felt this as well, like you're cool, you like you're too cool for the nerds, but not cool enough for the you know the the popular people, or you're like you like the same you like the same shit as the nerds, but you also fuck with sports, but none of the clicks really kind of like really really fuck with you, you know. Right. And now, with me, that was an issue, but I saw all the people going through that. For me, I was like, this is how I am. You got to conform to me. But that's just because I'm I'm boisterous and I'm assertive. But, like, <laughs> like that's – I think we need more of uh, that type of representation. I mean, I, mine is on the same line, but I'm, I'm going to take it in a different direction. And, Mike, hopefully you can pick up on this also. Um I'm a reference to Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. When they said, well, we need you in London or France. He's trying to just be a friendly 
neighborhood Spider-Man. And that's how I feel with some of the black representation. Yeah. You don't have to put us in that stereotypical aspect of, oh, I grew up in the hood. I didn't, I didn't, I came from a well-to-do family. Both parents were the military, but we never saw that aspect. Right. But I saw people who did go through those struggles. I've met people. I've talked to people who've gone through those struggles. And these people now own businesses. They're owning, like, I've got, I can make $500,000 in a month because of my business, because I'm using my mind, my brain, my resources. I know how to get to that level. For people who... For people who were born with a silver spoon in their mouth, they'll never know how that feels to be down here with us. People mm-hmm. who, who go to work every day to scrape by, if not scrape by successfully, make it through a month without having to worry about, well, how's this bill going to get paid? Yeah. Like people, for, for something like that, that would be perfect for Marvel to take an opportunity to have somebody represent not only myself, but people like Mike or Joe Schmo across the street and stuff like that, that would be perfect because it shows they came from nothing to something or they worked to get by those struggles. Yeah. And it what's I think what a lot of people miss with that representation uh, are like, I think they go too hard. They lean too hard into stereotypes. And not everybody's made, not everybody's built like that. I think Killmonger was a perfect balance. And I think it's a shame that the way that he was like his backstory and the way that he had to go through life, uh, I think that was displayed well, but it's a shame that he had to be a villain and they just killed that off. Cause I think that was a dynamic that, you know, that isn't really portrayed into movies properly. Um, Especially superhero movies that you know need to appeal to the masses. Well, uh, I've I'm sorry to cut you off, but I feel like he was a martyr. Like if you if you really think about it, I feel like because not only with his death did he leave an impact, but some of the things that he said. And you saw how towards the end of Black Panther, Black Panther was like, you know what? He's right. We're being selfish. We're high and mighty. We're sitting behind these walls to where we're protected and things along those lines. We should give back. We should, we should help people of not only of our skin color, but all masses. Let them receive that help that may never, never have been available to them to where they know that everybody is treated as equal. Right. So I, I feel like Killmonger was not only a martyr, but he was a messenger. He was like, you're missing the bigger picture. You see things the way that you have always been taught. Why not yeah. look outside that picture and see the bigger picture behind it? Right. So. And I think uh, it's, it's going to be interesting how this uh, – I think it's going to be interesting how this this plays out, um, how this because uh, you know Black Panther two comes out and they've already announced that Michael B. Jordan is going to be a part of that. I think he's going to be a flashback, um, if not um, an ancestor. 
Oh, yeah, he will be in the spiritual realm because technically he's had the the juice, that grape drink. Yep. The the juice of the purple herb or the heart-shaped herb, he pretty much drank that and was sent to the spiritual realm. And now he's died. He's going to be there. He's, I feel like he's going to be somewhat of a guidance to T'Challa or whoever may be there. Yeah. And I think that's going to be an interesting concept. We know if we see him growing them dreads back out, we know, we know what time it is. Exactly. Um, but, uh, Saying on the comic book end of things, how you feel about this Batman Beyond stuff, bro? Batman Beyond turned 20 this year, man. It turned 20 this year. I'm old. I'm I'm old. I was 11 when that, movie, when that show came out. <laughs> I was as well, and I watched every episode. Now, the interesting thing about Batman Beyond is I think this might be what the, MD, DC, the DC Cinematic Universe needs. In order to reinvigorate the uh, the 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 actual uh, universe, well, we'll we'll call it for what it is a shit show because Uh, it is right now. Uh, I'll I'll say that it is right now, and I'm not a big DC fan, but I am. I like certain characters, Um, and I think the way. So let's say, for instance, like those CW shows uh, that the DC is doing. I think a lot of those are done well. I think what they fall victim to is having like the villain of the week syndrome, but you got to have that. Cause that's a, you know, that's, um, the TV, TV show, show, the TV show, uh, template, but like the flash, I really liked the flash for a certain amount of time, but then they started fucking with time. And I'm like, well, I don't want to watch a show where nothing matters because you're just going to go back and change it anyway. I'm, I'm not trying to watch quantum leap. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I still need to give Black Thunder a chance, but uh, it, it it ran into that same kind of realm where I think they were kind of pandering to us a little bit, where it kind of looks like, hey, this is the blackity black black show, and that's how I thought about Luke Cage before I started it, um, and it was it it did have hints of that, and there's nothing wrong with that, but it's just like, man. Don't pander to me. I know what I am, and I know who, how I'm living. But you ain't gotta be like, well, inward this, inward that. I, I refuse to say that because I don't want to. I don't, <laughs> don't want to say that word because then it it enables other people to say that word. So that's why I, I bleep that out just for everybody that's listening. Well, I mean, it's not only that, but it's. I've watched Black Lightning. Honestly, I've watched mm-hmm. Black Lightning, and it kind of got too silly for me. Should it have been Static Shock instead? Yes, indefinitely. <laughs> Static Shock should have had his own live series. I like. Why is that not a thing? I don't care. Be Jaden Smith, and I actually like Jaden Smith. I don't like his acting, but I like him, and I like his music. I like his last album that came out. But it's just like uh, I think you could find somebody in those realms. The guy, the uh, the kid who. Uh, who voiced, uh, what's his name? Who voiced Miles in the Spider-Man Into the Universe? Shamik Moore. Yeah, have you seen him now with the dreads? He could be. He, he could, could be static. definitely be Static Shot. But it's just like, I, th- I don't know. 
I don't know what the S. I hear Landon's awake now. I hear his little feet pitter pattering on the ceiling. Uh, oh, <laughs> he snap. trying to get them snacks. Uh, but we'll wrap <laughs> this up here pretty soon. But I, I just think there's some missed opportunities. Like, uh, for instance, with this DC like streaming service, I'm not paying for that shit. Especially if I only want to see certain shit. Like, I, I'm not paying just to see the Titans. I will, I will use. The ways that I've been taught on the streets to figure this out. <laughs> uh, before we do in the whole podcast and everything like that, I've been watching the boys on Amazon and sent uh, video. And uh-huh. man, I might this this might be it for you. This this might be the show because they do. I just got done with the episode. I'm trying to keep the spoils a little to the minimum. Uh, They're in a hospital. They're having a massive shootout and everything like that. Uh, Butch or Butcher, uh, one of the main characters, he grabs his baby, turns on the baby's heat vision, and cuts people in half. What? Yes. Using a baby, he, he woke the baby up. The baby has heat vision or laser eyes or heat vision, however you want to, whatever you want to call it. And he's using the baby as a weapon. Damn. Bruh, you need to watch it. It is dope. So let me ask you a question and then we can kind of wrap up uh, about the show. Now, is it like kind of a universe where like everybody has powers like in uh, My Hero Academia or what? No. And it, to better explain it, like, it's a random few. It's a random few people. There's, they said there's like, uh, there's this massive corporation who is like a, an agency for superheroes. They're all mm-hmm. under contract, things like that. Each person is assigned to different states. And what this show is doing is it's focusing on the main group, the seven. They're pretty much like, the dark justice league huh so you need to watch this movie or watch the show i think it's like eight episodes long but each episode's like an hour which is reasonable i mean especially to get a lot of story behind it um i think james t usher he was in shaft the latest Mm -hmm. shaft movie he's in here he plays a character called a train okay and like he's the black version of the flash okay so it's it's really good it's funny um there's going to be some questions about some stuff that you're going to have but i feel i strongly feel that they're going to do a season two is it so it's all in bulk right so it's not just like i'm not going to be waiting week to week no it's it's all right there okay you can binge it if you want because i might it sounds um, good. I saw the I saw all the trailers and they keep because you know how you know your your uh, resident FBI agent be seeing you look at superhero stuff on your <laughs> phone and he'd be like, "Hey, Mike, you seen this?" I'm like, "Oh, you right, FBI agent. Thank you for looking at my shit and listening to all my conversations with my wife. I would like this." <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's it's worth it. Yeah, I would say I'm using somebody else's Amazon logins. No name shall be disclosed, but 
it's worth it. It's it's really worth it. I want to see how they're gonna branch off with this later on. Damn, speaking of the fans, hey, this is your boy, the Mighty Shields, wrapping up the Role Models podcast, baby. We back, baby. We back, back. And, you know, Derek's sounding better than ever, of course. Uh, the only thing I got to say, man, is, you know, follow us on Instagram. Uh, follow me at the Mighty Shields on Instagram, Mighty Shields on Twitter. I am on Reddit as well as the Mighty Shields. YouTube is up and launched. I'll have more videos up. Uh, be kind of slacking there just because I wanted to get everybody else situated before I started doing my solo stuff. Um, uh, start. I'm gonna. I'm going to start streaming under the same uh, moniker under Mike the Mighty Shields on Twitch as well. Please, please follow me on that. I need to get those Twitch views up so I become an affiliate, and then we can get that ball rolling, baby. Um, but all I have to say in closing, man, is again, it's hot out here, man. And I know everybody want to be drinking that soda. Want to be drinking them fucking slushies, man. Hey. Drink water, bitch. <laughs> quench that thirst. Be like Sprite and quench your thirst. Um, but yeah, on the same note, uh, you can follow me on Instagram. Again, this is Derek, a.k.a. The Kid. Uh, follow me on Instagram at Jess.Derek, as well as Twitter. Uh, both same name, Jess.D3RRICK. Um, I don't know about all the streaming stuff. I'm not a Twitch person, but you might hear me occasionally on Mike's streams getting salty or him getting salty like that last Tekken fight that we had. Anyways, just like Mike said, drink that water. Everybody be safe. And yeah, talk to you guys next week. Yeah, how? <laughs> <laughs>